Alexis Sasky. Hi. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. It's been so long since we've seen each other. It's been wonderful <laughs> to see you and catch up. Same. And you have a show coming up. I do. Tennessee Muscle Candy at the East Room, April 28th. Hell yeah. With Love Montage. Yes. Love Montage is <laughs> fucking fantastic. Yes. Yes, they are the best. Solomon is like one of the truest homies ever. We actually met working at Lyft. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were we got hired at the same uh, little group. Okay. Back in 2019, and he, you know, was kind of on like a hiatus at the time, and I was just fully in it, and I was like, dude, like we should play together, and we haven't since then, you know, because. I feel like when the pandemic started, he started playing more and putting out more music and I like stopped. So it like was like total role reversal. Yeah. That he was what he is absolutely one of my favorite people in the world. His melodies are fucking incredible. I know. He's just so natural. Yeah. At all of it. And he it every I love that all of his songs are just completely honest. They're so him. Um, but yeah, I also miss listening to him make phone calls to brand new Lyft drivers. It was quite a delight. I also just, he would just always like post his feet up on his desk and like usually be eating some sort of snack uh -huh. and just like, <laughs> I don't know. He's, just he's chilling. Just chilling. Office life. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm I'm excited that you guys are going to be playing a show together. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely me coming too. out. Oh God, um, thank you. I I hope a lot of people do. Um, and of course, also Virtue Furnace, which is Kirch's new project. Okay. I don't know if you know them, but they also worked at Lyft. Oh, nice. Literally everyone that's on this bill has worked or is currently working at Lyft. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um. So it just goes to show you, like, we're all working people. And this is our like side hustle. We've yeah. all got like our dreams in the evening, yeah. you know, and our, our day jobs. So it, it's 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 fun. I'm hoping that a lot of people that work at Lyft will come out. So definitely, absolutely, yeah. yeah no, I think um, <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm really excited that you're kind of gearing up again to start doing stuff because. Uh, you're one of my favorite performers in Nashville. Your voice is fucking incredible. You're an electric performer on stage. Thank you so much. Um, I remember seeing you at, uh, it was at the High Watt. Oh. With, uh. Which one was it? It was with, your husband was playing bass. Lasso Spells. Lasso Spells. Yes. yes. And it was in October. Of whatever year. Uh, yeah, 2018, 2019. You did Highway to Hell, and it was killer. <laughs> Thank you. That was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm, that's when like all the guys wore football jerseys, and I dressed like a cheerleader with devil horns. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that now. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, Sabelle Elena uh, made me that. Sabella Elena and uh oh my god it was so much fun still like my favorite stage clothes of all time yeah <laughs> for sure definitely yeah. yeah it's um it's exciting I, I w took a like a long hi hiatus from from playing live mm. and I was out of it for probably like nine months and just recently got back on stage and uh before I was so fucking stressed out playing music, I, I didn't have a good time doing it. I was so worried about my career and paying my bills and all this bullshit, but I was getting in my own way a lot. You know, That's like what we do best as people. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 
the human condition. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just overthinking it. And uh, eventually I just uh, I took that long break and just kind of chilled and uh, faced up to the facts that I was a, a human being <laughs> and that I had my limits. Um, and uh, it felt it felt great to get back and play again. <sighs> and it was a weird sensation before like getting ready to go play. I didn't feel stressed out for the first time in a long time. I felt relaxed. Oh, that's glorious. Yeah. Oh, um, what a great feeling. Yeah, because I, I was so fucking stressed out all the time and yeah. low-key miserable. Uh, yeah. And I, I didn't even recognize it, you know, because I was yeah. like, this is what I want to do. And it is what I wanted to do. Yeah. But um, It's like, do I want to be stressed out all the fucking time also? No. Like, no. No. Yeah. No, I just, I wasn't having fun anymore playing Ooh. music and I've been learning all these Broadway tunes and I feel like I'm 15 <gasps> yes. again. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like learning cocaine by Eric Clapton. <laughs> it's like a song I haven't played in years, but I'm like, oh shit, I like this music. <laughs> you know, I mean, it. people laugh at it and make fun of like the Broadway music because it's so fucked out because you got to play it, but mm. it is actually fun. It's it, very fun. Yeah. Yeah, for Did, sure. I know you played... Like, out on the street, did you ever do, like, the Broadway thing, though? Have you ever tried to do it? <laughs> we dabbled back in the day, back when, uh, oh, God, uh, Paradise... What Paradise Park. Paradise Park, yeah, I remember that was a place. Yeah, R.I.P. Miss that place. Um, also, it was just such a... We were so chaotic at the time. That's when it was just... We were only a cover band at the time. It was just me and Matt and Andy Prince. And so literally on the cover stage on Broadway, just a bass player, uh, the drums and a vocalist, no guitar. So we were on, yeah, 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 yeah. But God, I mean, when you have them though, it's just like you don't even need it. And the things that Andy can do with a bass, um, you, you know, so you don't even need a guitar player. Yeah. So, yeah, but the, yeah, that was pretty much, that was the only, oh, and we had like a little residency at a Nashville Underground, and then of course we play at Acme, um, but none of the places like, you know, like the country music people, like Kid Rocks or any yeah. place like that, or like Center Stage, Yeah, obviously not Roberts, because you have to be like exceptionally awesome at country music and rock and roll to play there yeah. <laughs> it's like legendary so um but i've yeah i've only sung on the stage there a couple times but yeah never never dived fully into the broadway thing we we made more money out on the street so that's pretty much Oh shit! Where we stayed? Yeah, I remember yeah. when you originally came on the the podcast. You told the story about going down there and playing like Electric Feel and yeah. mm-hmm. a couple a lot other of songs. Led Zeppelin, yeah, Janis Joplin, and the most random covers ever. Like in Fleetwood Mac, I remember we even covered that Lord song. That Royals. Royals. That's <laughs> yeah. a great song. Hey, there's some songs that really translate. Um, with, as just drums and bass and vocals it's yeah. wild but yeah we were the first people out there doing an electrified busking set we pissed a lot of people off actually um which at the time felt really rock and roll and we were also very respectful of them and we'd like set up really far away but they would get really angry at us because the 
we I guess we were taking they said that we were like taking their money and they were like this is my life whatever the musicians came and confronted you when you were oh yeah Abby the spoon lady I love her. I think she's fucking awesome. I don't know who that is. Well, she used to be like an iconic figure downtown on Broadway and via like the 2010, 2012 era. Okay. And uh, she played the spoons. Her and like this other man played little the trumpet spoons guy? out there. Um, he was actually after us. Okay. He didn't come around until after we had already started busking. But yeah, at the time it was just that lady the spoon lady and some other dude and they were very mean to us like did not want us coming onto their turf and i remember one day she came and she um she poured dr pepper on our money in our guitar case and was like yelling at us and i remember people would post videos of us on uh youtube she would troll them and she would say negative things about us like, oh, these kids, they don't know what they're doing. Like, they coming in our turf, they got no respect. I'm like, we have been nothing but kind and nice to you and even offered, like, our own money and, like, tried to talk to them. They just wouldn't talk to us. Would not reason So it wasn't the all. musicians in the bars that were giving you shit? It no. was the other buskers? Yeah, it was, and it was just Abby the Spoon Lady. If I think you can Google her. Yeah. She's like a Googleable character. Uh, she's incredibly talented, and I have nothing but respect, but she uh, just decided that we were, you were on a problem. our turf, so we became a problem. But uh, we, you know, we were, <laughs> we didn't have any other option. Yeah. Like, we needed that money. We... We um, the only reason we started was because we needed money to turn on the heat in the house that we were all living in together at the time. Um, so we did what we could with what we had, and that's what we had. And we were only there in the evenings. It's not like we were there in the daytime, you know. Where a lot of the buskers usually are. Yeah, we only did it at night. I think they just weren't used to it being an electrified, like loud thing. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at some of the pictures, I mean, it was some nights it was just massive crowds and the police would have to shut us down a lot because people were spilling over onto the road which nowadays is totally normal but back then we didn't have the barricades and they didn't shut anything down so like you had to stay on the sidewalks or else so when did you move to nashville refresh me uh august of 2010 okay yeah i i moved here it was it's seven or eight years ago now but I'm sure it was really it was different even from now when when I moved here. Yeah, I'm sure it was very very fucking different. Mm-hmm. Because that was around that was after the flood, right? It was a few right after. after the flood. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Nashville was probably just in the process of rebuilding. Yeah, yeah, it was. A lot of the things were still shut down um, when I moved here, and when I started visiting, I think I started visiting in 2009. I was flying in occasionally to write with my past life uh, projects. But uh, yeah, it it was all still fun and new and exciting and not as popular and overly portrayed (laughs) in film and TV and reality shows. And it wasn't Bachelorette City yet. You know, it wasn't anything like that. it was a small town. Felt it was like a small still town. like a small town yeah. that was doing cool things that were affecting music on a worldwide scale, but it was still a small town. 
small city or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was great. I miss it. You could actually find parking back then. Yeah. You didn't have to pay. You didn't have to pay 40 yeah. bucks to, to go downtown mm-hmm. for two hours. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was really nice. Yeah, it's. Um, I've been coming to Nashville uh, since I was a kid because my, my aunt and uncle have lived here my whole life. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, it wasn't always frequent. We probably came like two or three times when I was a kid. And uh, it was interesting. I remember going down to... Uh, to Broadway, I was probably maybe eight or nine, and down at the end of Broadway, there was a uh, a carousel, like a merry-go-round. What? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so it was really different. It had a different feel. There was this bar. I think it it's where uh, Jason Aldean's is now. It used to be a NASCAR bar. What? Yeah, and they had or maybe it, maybe it's not Jason Aldean's, but I just remember very vividly. Like walking into this this restaurant in the day, and there was these giant NASCARs, like full size, real life cars, hanging <laughs> from from the ceiling. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was a NASCAR cafe or some shit like that. But uh, um, I have very vivid memories. Like I remember too, we went to Opryland. This was when I was a teenager, Aww. but we went to um, to the mall. And uh, there used to be a Gibson store there, and they would build some of the mandolins there. So you would walk in, and you would see behind the glass them working on like mandolins and acoustics and all that shit. Um, Amazing. But when the flood came, I think it washed a lot of that away. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to see how much this uh, this city has has changed. I mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing for the most part. I I like it. Um, seeing the growth that's happened in the time that I've been here. Um, you know, I'm not a naturalized citizen yet. I think you have to be here for 10 years once that happens. <laughs> Probably. But I'm, I'm close. Like, it's it's definitely my home. I can't... Sometimes I think about leaving, if I'm going to be real. I think I about... I think about it a lot. Where would you go? Where do you think you would go? Somewhere nowhere, you know? Like, I don't know. I mean, if I could leave and go anywhere, like, my ultimate dream would just be, like, live out on a ranch somewhere, live in the on the beach or something but like definitely more of a california ish place or like oregon okay where it's beautiful and the weather is not humid and gross gross yeah, yeah and like i don't know just so much of the southernness of this place is just really getting to me especially right now political climate's insane um, weird shit's happening way too much now. It's just getting a little scary. Yeah. So those are the things that are like driving me out. That and just like the way Nashville's portrayed sometimes. It's just this like exuberantly country place. I didn't think it was going to like stay like that. Yeah. Like I love celebrating country music and we should because it's awesome and it's a, major foundation of this city but i just thought there was going to be other forms of music growing here more as well you know and there are but they're just not as um yeah celebrated so like i would like to see that happen more more of like recognizing us as music city and respecting the fact that it is music city and not like bachelorette city yeah and whatever you know yeah i feel i feel split on it um because it's like and on one hand it is 
very much portrayed as like a Mickey Mouse Disney World version yeah. of Nashville. Yeah. Um, but I, I also know, and you also know from, mm-hmm. from playing over in East Nashville, yeah. from being here, knowing that the Black Keys are here, knowing that mm-hmm. Jack White is here, that yeah. it's it there is other music happening. There is, yeah. Um, and a lot of other music happening. So much music. Mm-hmm. All kinds. Yeah, but I, I just uh I I think with really everything I'm trying to do, I, I'm trying to be the the change that I, I want to see in Nashville. That's know? how I feel, too. So I'm like, I don't want to abandon it. You know, yeah. I don't want to like just like, oh, this doesn't suit me anymore. Like, I'm leaving because um, I don't want to abandon it. I love this place. I feel like a huge part of me was born here and learned everything here the hard knocks of life yeah like I, I wouldn't trade it for anything so but you know it's just that that struggle where you're like oh man like i miss a good mountain view or the yeah. beach you know I, I miss that plus you know as i get older i i'm i feel like i'm missing out a lot with like my family with my my parents and my grandparents um, I miss them all the time. You know, that's something it's that's hard so being common. Away from family. Yeah, with a lot of us estranged kids out here who don't get to be with their families all the time, and you know, it's it sucks a lot. You're like, man, you know, when I look back, you know, in, or I look forward in the future, and I think, how many days am I actually going to spend with my mom or my grandparents? Totally. How many days do I have left with them? And that's freaking will send me into an existential crisis and yeah that so that bothers me a lot but I just I also have to honor who I am and I don't think who I am can fully thrive and blossom and you know in some of these other places that are geographically more ideal you know or more like politically ideal yeah i think we just have to make the best of what we have here and and not give up on it and you know keep keep exactly what you said being the change that we want to see so Yeah, yeah i uh i struggle with it too luckily my dad lives here so i get to see him awesome frequently he he, i am i'm super lucky he moved up here during covid but I have a, a sister uh, in Connecticut, and I have a sister in South Florida. Whoa! So like, I don't get to see them really ever. And I, I have a niece; she's uh, she's twelve. Oh. So it's like I've missed out on on most of her life. I mean, I talk to my my older sister all the time on the phone. We we talk a couple times a week, if yeah. not every day. Oh, that's good. Um, but it's still hard being away from them. And I thought about moving down to Miami because I've I spent a lot mm. of time. I was born down in Florida. Whoa. Yeah, so I spent that, and then I grew up in Maine because my dad was in the Navy. But um, Maine, that's another dream place of mine. I don't move there, honestly. I want to visit. It's it's a cool place to to visit for sure. Uh, Greatest decision I ever made was leaving because there, there's uh, there's just nothing really going going on. Like Maine has ooh. more in common with a backwoods town in Alabama than it does with Nashville. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah, when I think of Maine, I just see like Stephen King's ideal. That's honestly, city, it's that's true. That's love. true too. It's it's a big part of it. It's like the, the whole state is a small town. And I with that, that, it's good to a certain degree. But if you've ever, have you ever lived in a small town before? Oh yeah. Okay. Grew up in one. So there's a bunch of bullshit that comes along with that as well. Absolutely. Um, and it's just like back mind, like backwoods, like small minded, mm-hmm. like 
everybody is just, I don't know. They're, they're, I'm very grateful Setting to have grown ways. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful to have grown up there. Very grateful to have left. Yeah. But I think if I, if I left Nashville, it would be two places that would be too far away from my family. One would be Denver because I used to live there. I lived there for I a year. Love that. Oh, Denver's I incredible. Love Denver's Colorado so in general is amazing. Yes. And then the other place I would go would be Austin. I feel like that would be the other mm. lateral move, which I've never visited there. Don't get me wrong. It's very I'm hot. Visit. Yeah. Delicious food. Yeah, you've you've been before. You're from Texas, I'm right? From Texas. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, though I haven't been to Austin all that much. Like we we played Austin City Limits, the festival, um, when I was doing stuff with the Gills back in the day. Day. Do you mm-hmm. remember the Gills? Oh God. No. It might have been pre my time. Yeah, it might have been because they disbanded and like. I don't even remember what year, but they were one of the greatest rock and roll bands that I've ever lived in Nashville. They were a Nashville band? They, they're actually from Pensacola. It's uh, Matt and Andy Prince. Okay. Uh, but the, the main focal point of the Gills is Jesse Wheeler, who I'm trying to put a bill together with because uh, he moved back to Pensacola, uh, I think, right before the pandemic. Um, but... Yeah, they they're amazing. So he's still keeping the band alive down there with his new uh, band members, and he's like, kind of recreated it and just kept those fires burning. But mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to get a bill together with with Tennessee Muscle Candy, the Gills, and New Mangoes um, for June. So nice, that's gonna be amazing. Also, New Mangoes are like my favorite. Did you ever know um, or listen to those Darlings? I, I didn't. I'm ashamed to say. Yeah, they they were another like throwback Nashville band because yeah. it was they were kind of disbanding and the whole thing like coming apart whenever I first moved to town. But they were the thing, honestly, that that moved me here because I saw them um, just like on the Internet. And I really like their songs. And I'm like, if this mm-hmm. is happening in Nashville and this is where I want to be because it was rock music, but it wasn't like a lot of other rock music you yeah. know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um but yeah it was that and jack white and mm-hmm. fucking the black keys <laughs> that yeah. were the reasons that i wanted to move here mm-hmm. and then i i got here and it's so hard first moving to town because you don't really fucking know anybody yeah you have no idea about what's uh what's going on um and no one really wants to fuck with you because you're new to town <laughs> so they don't know how you are yet yeah i feel like i got really lucky yeah because we none of us like we were all new when we moved here the the people that were that used to be the gills like i'll just refer to them as the gills but um yeah i met them immediately when i moved here literally the first night i went out and then we all lived together and like just kind of were like our little tribe here and they knew a lot of people already somehow um just from doing music and playing all over the place and stuff so they were already pretty well connected and then course i had my connections with like everything i was doing at the time and in like industry stuff but um yeah i got very lucky so like we got to go out together and like you know do all kinds of fun stuff and met a lot of people through a lot of parties it was very fun yeah well the camaraderie (laughs) is uh i think it's important for survival here it is it's so important like i don't know what i would have done if if I didn't meet them, I'd probably still be like a Christian artist with Sony. Honest, I'd probably be very rich by now and miserable. 
I know you told that story before when you came on, but it's been a long time about being a Christian artist. Yeah. So how did that whole thing go down? (laughs) If you want to talk about it. Oh, I mean, I will just touch on it briefly. Um, So, you know, I grew up in the Catholic Church and, you know, small town thing, um, as you do, as every kid does. They go to church with their parents and it's beautiful and lovely. In my experience, not always beautiful and lovely in everyone's experience. Far, far from it. But I was lucky to have a nice experience. Um, And I, I guess when I was in high school, my I don't know if it was my freshman year or what, one of the four years of high school. Um, I decided to learn how to play guitar because my dad wanted us to do more stuff in church and make it more contemporary. So we started a praise and worship band, and that's where it started. And then I went off, won this weird competition in Las Vegas where I won a car and then I sold the car immediately, so I had like 14 grand where I basically wrote songs and I paid to have like demos made. And uh, that got those demos, which were not Christian music, it was like R&B stuff. Um, so it's kind of weird how it teeter-totters, yeah. it kind of goes back and forth. But um, yeah, so those got the attention of, what was it, was it Warner Brother Records and uh, in New York. So I had to fly to New York to meet with, with Warner brothers. They hooked me up with a manager of, uh, he like just manages producers and stuff. So he hooked me up with a producer where, where they decided that I should be a Christian artist. He asked me in this, in the office in New York city, he was like, are you a Christian? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, have you ever thought about doing Christian music? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Also, I was like, I'll do anything. I just want to, you know, you're in an office in this high rise in yeah. New York City. You're like, yeah, like, cool. Let's let's make music. Let's do this for real. You know, yeah. whatever you say, Mr. Executive, having your own like two floors in Madison Square building, like whatever you say, you know. So I went along with it and I I wound up writing and uh, recording these Christian songs, and those got the attention of some people from uh, Provident, which is like one of the largest Christian music, uh, you know, labels out there. So yeah, that and a publishing company, whatever. But they're a branch of Sony, and um, yeah, they were flying me here all the time. I came to Nashville all the time to record and write and meet new writers and producers and stuff like that. And then I started working with. Um, Toby Max, main songwriter, and um, he's great. He also writes there for like country music and stuff. So these people I used to write with now, I won't even mention their names, but they're all winning major awards. You know, they're all like number one hit songwriters and mm-hmm. stuff like that um, in contemporary country and and, and other things. Um, with major major artists, so it's just funny now because. You know, I, I I did not enjoy it. And I was still very much figuring out who I was as a person and growing into who I wanted to be. And um, so I kind of just fizzled out and I was like, I stopped wanting to go to the writing sessions because I just wasn't having fun. And it wasn't my idea of what I thought great music was. Um, so I just stopped and started singing on the street instead. And 
uh, tried a couple other things when I let them know that I didn't want to be a Christian artist anymore. And they agreed. They were like, yeah, no, you need to be doing like this or that. You know, everybody had an idea of what they wanted me to do. Um, so, but I tried it and it just wasn't for me. The whole like, I don't know, it's just the music row writing thing. Like, hi, nice to meet you. All right, let's write a song that none of us really give a shit about. Yeah. Um, it was just weird. I don't know. It just it just got old and I was young and irresponsible, so I didn't want to keep up with it. And um, but you know, that's just I was just following the flow of my life's path, you know, and, and that's it's taken me here and away from that. So um, you know, there's some days where it's easy to look at at that and be like, wow, did I make the right choice here? Like, should I have just kind of like sold out and like been a Christian artist anyways? You know, because no. there's plenty of people who are in the Christian music industry that are shady as that fuck. ain't walking that walk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, but uh, yeah, no, it's just that wasn't in the cards for me. That was it was not written that I should should be that. But uh, you know, it's easy to look and be like, dang, I'd probably be like doing stuff and like winning grammys and you know playing at all the things and but is is that what you'd want to do no 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 i i would i would have never found out so many things about me it just wasn't my path yeah you know we don't know where we're we're gonna be and um you know you just let the universe god lead you through your actual path and it's not always gonna look like what you think it's gonna look like yeah so absolutely yeah and it it definitely has not looked like the way i imagined it when i was you know like 12 years old um but i wouldn't change a thing and i can't change a thing so no point in wanting to change a thing no so all i can do is keep going and learning more about myself and honoring my self and who I Your actually spirit. am. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you ever seen <laughs> the movie Dogma? I promise this is connected. I haven't. Okay. I haven't. I've heard so much about it. Okay. So, like, I, in air quotes, also grew up Catholic. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, but uh, we were like... It was just really when I was a little kid. Oh. Like, we were just the Midnight Mass Catholics oh, on... Love on uh christmas yeah. and all of that on easter yeah on easter it's tomorrow by yeah, the way it is yeah um <laughs> but yeah dogma is such a great movie because there were all these catholics at the time who were protesting it but i i really think the movie is a great testament to what it means to have faith because yeah. it really criticizes catholicism and oh. kind of the the contradictions of it, mm-hmm. but it also talks about the good parts of it too. There's great parts of yeah, it. Yeah, I think in religion in general, like I'm I'm not a religious uh, person per se. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not, but um, I don't not believe. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. like I'm open to it. Like I, I've done it's mushrooms the best way to before, be. so awesome. I feel like I have had religious like experiences, experiences. Yeah. <laughs> doing that, and it's like once you kind of see the good in yourself and the good mm-hmm. in, the, in others. I think that's really what it stems from. Cause it's like, yeah, whatever that unexplained thing is, it's running through all living things mm-hmm. on this planet, both bad and good. Yeah. Um, whatever bad is and whatever good is, yeah. you know, it's, it's, like, it's an age old tale. I feel mm-hmm. like the, the, you know, like the, the Bible in general, like I, I do think 
I'm not like a Bible reader or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to sell myself as something I'm not. But like <laughs> the actual parables that are in the Bible are uh, relatable very much to human experience. Yeah. Like the story of Cain and Abel, or mm-hmm. just name any of the stories. There's a lot of wonky shit in there that I'm not into. Some but very it was strange things. It that. was also written. A long ass time ago. By a lot of different people. By a lot of different men. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think um religion today it gets it gets a bad rap. Yeah. Um and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of annoying religious people for sure. But tell um, me about it. But yeah. I also feel like we we've lost the uh the plot a little bit about like oh, wh- why it is good. So many, so much of it has gotten like branded, and it's become this weird lifestyle that I don't think if Jesus was here right now, I think he would be a, a bit disgusted by yeah. how how some of it has, uh, yeah, how it's evolved my, in, I, in the hands of men. How yeah. it has, yeah. Well, I think my my fantasy of of like Jesus and and all of that is that he's really like Gandalf. You know I what I mean? I love that. Uh, like if if you know, and I, I, again, I'm I'm not like necessarily a believer. I'm not a believer, but I want to believe that looking back on everything, it's uh, it's like this weird psychedelic Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings style. Adventure, yes, you know, I'm all for that. I'm like, all for it. I re uh, rewatched recently the Last Crusade, the Indiana Jones movie. Have you oh, ever seen it? Man. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But even in that, like a movie like that wouldn't necessarily get made today because of just because of the religious themes yeah. in general in Indiana Jones. Pretty wild. Um, but it's so badass. <laughs> like he's going and basically trying to find the last the, the, the cup that Jesus drank from the Last Supper. Yeah. And the part that really resonated with me is when he finally gets there and they're drinking out of the cup. The guy drinks the cup for the eternal life and yeah. he chooses one that's all bejeweled and made of gold. Mm-hmm. And Indy's like, no. It's it's a carpenter's cup, mm-hmm. and he picks the one that's made of wood. Yeah, um, and I just love it. I, I love those Indiana Jones movies. They're I, so I, good. I love a good adventure. It's classic cinema. Yeah. Oh God, I love it so much. Yeah, I I will say also just Hollywood and the way that church and and faith is portrayed. So I'm a massive. I I love horror films. I love paranormal shit. I love. All of that. Like, I'm here for it. And I, because of my Catholic upbringing and, you know, a lot of the, like, beliefs that are instilled in me, which, like, if you were raised Catholic, then you know what I mean. It's like you can't even beat them out if you wanted to. Um, But it's a thing. But um, I love the movies where it's, like, like the exorcist and stuff like that. It's really bad. Um, this week I started watching the TV show, The Exorcist, and also my best friend's exorcism. And my husband, he walks in and he's like, wait, what is this called? I was like, The Exorcist. And then the next day he's like, what's this? My best friend's exorcism. He's like, you have a problem. <laughs> so I like- Does it scare the <laughs> shit out of you? Is Are you fascinated by no, it? No, I'm fascinated by yeah. it. Like that and shows where like they have to do like- pseudo exorcisms and stuff i think it's interesting to see the power that lies therein and how much like people that are obsessed with the paranormal and like you see like you know the way um that religious artifacts holy water stuff like that Mm -hmm. how that affects things that may not be good you know when you get into like 
demon shit. Is. Have you seen the trailer for The Pope's Exorcist yet? No. So it's Russell. What? That's a movie? It's Russell Crowe. It looks so fucking good. Demon shit terrifies me, though. It's terrifying. Like, I had I had a crazy-ass dream a couple of weeks ago where I got uh, I got possessed, <gasps> and I felt the demon, like, attached to me, and, I, like, it was like my oh. soul was in the in the circle, you know, <gasps> and then the demon was, like, controlling my body. But I, I in, in the dream, I did like the sign of the cross <gasps> and it expelled from me immediately. Wow. And it, it freaked me the fuck out. I cannot go back to sleep. I never had a dream like that before. That's terrifying. Yeah. And I called my sister. My sister was freaked <gasps> out. Uh, my older sister. But yeah, I think Whoa. like I, you know, I, I just don't know. We like, don't know. We don't know. We have we no idea. But I, mm-hmm. honestly, I think it's kind of exciting that we don't know. Like I, It I, is. I see life like a like the TV show Lost, where it's like I never really want the answer. You know? I've never finished it. <laughs> but you honestly don't even worry about it because it, it kind of ended like shitty. I know what it is, yeah, and like the, I wish I didn't know because you know people talk and spoil everything. Yeah, so that's um, why I stopped watching it. I was like, well, no, I know what happens. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, it. Um, Lost is a great TV show though. It's but wonderful. I always loved that it ended. Every episode ended with an answer that had 10 more questions attached (laughs) to it. Um, And being, you know, being a 90s kid, I always Mm -hmm. loved X-Files as well. Such a great show. And it's just like the whole thing with, you know, Fox Mulder, I want to believe. I feel like that's where I am with so much stuff in my life when it comes to maybe um, like aliens uh, or the paranormal or, or even like uh things like romance and dating and shit like that it's like i want to believe yeah but uh i can be really cynical sometimes we all can and i think a healthy dose of cynicism there's nothing wrong with that yeah and a little yeah we what was i heard a quote the other day it was like when you attach yourself so much to knowing it can stop you from like learning yeah it cuts you off from learning and like anything else it it kind of attaches you to like being stuck you just stop growing and um think you know everything yeah and it gets harder as you get older too you can't know because if you look at the the foundations of humanity and like if we still pretended like we knew certain things that we now know today are we thought the earth was false. flat at one point yeah and all kinds of crazy things you know if we had attached ourselves to knowing so much and stuck by that we like oh but i know this like then we would have never opened ourselves up to learning anything new like and we would be stuck in the dark ages there's like so many advances in science and just that we humanity would, yeah. and humanity that we would not know yeah, I think there's there's a lot of gray area in life and things are open to interpretation. There's there's only mm-hmm. really a few things that I'm like, yeah, that's wrong. I can't fuck with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, oh, I do. It's yeah. all the obvious ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, rape, Which we murder. won't even yeah. mention because, you know, I'm just kidding. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, I think people have reasons for doing what they do, even if they're unaware because so much of our Mm -hmm. our life is shaped by our childhood and and how we interact with people Mm -hmm. and um and how we go through the world Mm -hmm. you know uh and i just our lessons begin then yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well we come out as a completely 
blank slate or do we? That's the other age old question. I think we come out as fully, I mean, obviously like blank and like being able to express ourselves, but it's almost like I feel like we come out perfect and then the world kind of molds that perfect eye, that perfect like vessel of like it's like a sponge and the sponge is like perfect as being what it is and then it's just all the stuff we wind up absorbing that turns us into something else that we may have otherwise not become yeah you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean i um (laughs) i don't know if that makes sense no it it makes sense like i i think again going back to the, the gray area it's like when you're super young as far as uh being in your late teens early 20s when you're a new adult out in the world yeah i thought i had everything figured out you know same i was an idiot yeah you just you don't know anything yeah you're dumb as fuck uh Mm -hmm. you're just for me i was just like getting high and uh and drinking and partying and shit i'm not even really a a, a party or anything (laughs) like that but um i was then and um it's just looking back at kind of at that time period and a lot of the emotional human wreckage I caused from just being unaware of myself and what I was feeling mm-hmm. and what I was thinking um, and what I actually wanted versus uh, the situation I was in. I think yeah. there's there's this uh, ideal that I, I always have of myself that I'm trying to reach and for so long uh, it, it made me sick almost trying to to become that, yeah. to become this this perfect image of myself. Mm-hmm. And it never really allowed me to appreciate the moment. And mm-hmm. it never really allowed me to appreciate what I was and what I was actually good at Yeah, as a human being. I wanted to always be a robot. Um, I had this, this fantasy of myself where I could just be a robot um and just get things done and be very productive which again wow. is all shit that goes back to my my childhood wow cuz i have the tendency to o- way overcorrect like oh. I, i'm one direction and i don't like the direction i'm in and then i yeah. try and spike up to the other direction ah uh, mm. which you need to really fall back into the middle but i have to do that spike to kind of come back down a yeah. little bit yeah but that's now i'm in my early 30s so i yeah. i know that with, with wisdom and experience of fucking up a ton of times. Yeah, and we're you know in the in the big picture thing, we are still very very young. Yeah, and have so much to learn still. When I look back, you know, when I was in my teens, when I thought I was doing everything right, and in my early twenties, when I definitely know I didn't do everything right, but I was going through life. I don't know the best I could, and. I look back and it's just like, was I on autopilot? Was I thinking at all? Like, why don't I? Re- it just, it just feels like I wasn't there, you know. And I don't yeah. know if that's because of like the kind of continual rebirth that we go through as as people, um, spiritually and emotionally and just consciously. Like we go through these rebirths all the time, and I feel like I've been so many different people that I don't recognize like who I was back then and I don't know my reasoning I don't know what I was thinking I don't remember thinking you know it's like I feel like I was on autopilot or something it's so weird I don't know if you ever feel like that like you were on autopilot in the past yeah absolutely I last year for me I was on autopilot 
largely for most of it just because I was very depressed, depressed from from being sick. Yeah. And I had faced depression before in my life. Like mm-hmm. when I was um, 18, you know, I, I had a pretty big depressive episode. I was very suicidal. Oh, God. And just, uh, and it was a lot to do with home circumstances, you know, and, ne- and never really dealing with some of the traumatic things that happened to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have the tools to. Like mm-hmm. I, I was emotionally for for until probably about 25 or 26 I was very uh, like emotionally just numb but from the fact of not uh experiencing pain as it happened because pain is necessary for growth mm-hmm. and I always just had avoided emotional emotional pain um and you can take that all the way back again like everything goes back to your your fucking childhood always yeah. but there comes a certain point where you you can't really blame that anymore you have to acknowledge Mm-hmm. that it shapes you and then you have to decide as a grown-up mm-hmm. like uh what you're gonna do about it right because mm-hmm. i was just i wasn't a monster or anything <laughs> i just didn't know how to fucking deal with with people especially like women in, in emotionally intimate relationships i didn't that is so hard yeah, yeah. I didn't understand what uh emotional intimacy was wow in, in a relationship and um, or even in friendship, like I, I would yeah. have, I would have friendships and I would be close to people, mm-hmm. but it would get so, uh, so messy. Cause I, I was just messy, you know? And then you, mm-hmm. you add another person in their, their twenties and they don't really know what's going on either. It's just a mess. They're just trying to make sense of sense of their life as well. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just a, a big old toxic, uh, toxic time. Yeah, and I feel like that's just because I feel like sometimes we're just like thrown into stuff, and it, we're just swirling around in our brains, trying to like keep up, and trying to do so many things at one time, like portraying who we want to be, and then battling with who we know that we actually are versus the subconscious. And it, yeah, so it's like so much, and I think because of that. Of like maybe like this worry of something that we're projecting that we want for the future or things that we regret about our past and like knowing who we actually are. I feel like it just takes us out of the moment. I feel like that's one of the biggest things about forming like your consciousness to where you get out of that place where you feel like you're on autopilot is learning how to be present and like grounding yourself in moments and whether that be through like prayer or meditation, what have you, just like learning how to be present with yourself and giving yourself that space to like catch up with yourself. You know, I feel like we get out of our body so often that we just are just like trying to exist and like be okay and to like, for me, it's been a very, very important thing to to meditate and to ground myself because I found being a like a really spontaneous like person a lot as as I am, I get so caught up in my I feel like my my spirit's way up here sometimes and I need to like bring it back down so I can fully be there and be there for the people around me um and like actually like learning to listen to people and like just letting yourself be quiet 
and be still in the presence of others was a big thing. You know, when I look back, I'm like, did, was I listening, you know, or was I just trying to talk and trying to show who I am instead of like listening to other people, you know? So, yeah, but I, I anyways, I feel like it all just stems down to like being present in our bodies and letting ourselves feel all the things that we need to feel and like acknowledge our traumas and acknowledge the ways that we've overcome that and where we are now. It's like, whoa, I'm not still in that traumatic place because in our minds we can be there so often. And that's why I feel like I love just like reminding myself like, nope, I'm here right now. I'm not there. Like we are in a whole different place now. And I just, I feel like that's so important for mental health is to, let yourself be here now and get out of your brain, like wherever your like spiritual self and subconscious and consciousness goes in times when we're thinking too much about trauma or worrying or overthinking, you know, it's just like remember where you are right now and help find the things that you're grateful for that you have right in front of you, you know. So do you believe in destiny? Yeah. Yeah. And and I and I feel like destiny because I feel like destiny can be interpreted into a few different things. People look at destiny or define destiny as something different, but um I feel like the future is always changing and I feel like we have a lot of different destinies that could happen. Okay. I don't know. Can you I, I elaborate? Like, I just feel like, I don't know if I believe in like preordained destiny because I believe in free will. I feel like free will is one of the only objectives to being alive in this dimension is making choices and learning our lessons. But I definitely think that there's things that are always come into our life at an ordained time like a theme like a theme yeah and that we have we have choices and you just like any path if you turn one way that's where the path's going to lead you You turn one way it's the other I also believe in course correction (laughs) I think we can always get back onto a path that's going to give us the most like fulfillment or enlightenment in this life and um I do think that it's all right, whatever happens. Um, But I don't think there's ever going to, I think like the ultimate destiny or whatever that you could like get and fulfillment from would be like, you know, like obviously like achieving your, your most, you know, successful life, however you define that. And like, like, cool. That's, that's my destiny. That's why I'm here was to learn this lesson or, you know, to to outgrow this past trauma, whether it be from this life or a past one or whatever. Um, I feel like I'm rambling here because I no, have so many No, no, this is good. This is really good. <laughs> I, I study a lot of weird different things. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like there's, there's definitely destiny and there's things that we're called to. I feel like we're going to get to where we need to be 
like like with, with that being the goal of destiny is like if it's achieving a goal or getting to a certain point of enlightenment or whatever for this life. But I think there's a lot of different paths to getting there, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's well, have you ever seen the Mummy Returns with Brendan Fraser. I have. It's been so long. Okay. And honestly, when I think of the Mummy, all I can like see in my head is that first scene where the 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 girl Anaxuna Moon, yeah, is like the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, can I just be her, please? Yeah. Like with like the paint on her body and she, oh like, yeah, dope, like, oh yeah, hair, yeah. The flashback scene. She's like, oh my god, she's like the most beautiful woman. That's all I see when I think of. The mummy. Well, there's um, a scene in the in the Mummy Returns where, uh, and I, I rewatched it recently. It was my favorite movie when I was a kid. I love that. Um, and everybody's finally coming around to Brendan Fraser. He's always been fucking oh, good. He's top dog. Um, but there is the the dude that's basically like uh, the Pharaoh's bodyguard, like the descendants of the Pharaoh's bodyguard. Okay. The, the dude, and he's like in this all black robe all the time oh yeah yeah uh-huh. um but he says that like there is a a hieroglyph of uh an arm with a spear in it and it has the same tattoo as rick o'connell and it says that it in in his destiny it's his destiny to destroy the uh the scorpion king and Whoa. to like bring balance to the universe and fight basically all these evils these monsters whatever and he's having a a, a philosophical conversation with the Pharaoh's bodyguard dude. And he says something along the lines of like destiny is written, but the, the journey is unwritten of how you get there. Oh yes. That is literally exactly what. Yeah. Yeah. But I've always liked that. You know, I think there is, and I think this is the, the, the trouble that I had, um, through most, most of my life, I was chasing this, this mental image of what I, thought success and happiness would be for me Mm -hmm. which what i think i was really chasing i was chasing some kind of fulfillment or enlightenment Mm -hmm. um and sure those things can bring you success and they can bring you happiness Mm -hmm. but happiness is fleeting so is other emotions you know like depression or Mm -hmm. anger everything is very momentary Mm -hmm and temporary temporary mm-hmm. and we make most of our decisions in a split second moment for me it's true i i've made a lot of my big life decisions based on dreams that i've had where i've mm-hmm. had um a question that i've been asking myself what am i gonna do how am i gonna deal with this what what is the right move here i don't know just being scared fearful and then I'll have a dream and it won't even be something that spells everything out or have anything to do with my problem, mm-hmm. but I'll wake up and I'll have the answer. I'll like wake up Whoa. the next morning and I'll, and, and that's happened to me probably five or six times in my life where I've ha- kind of had these p- pivotal moments where I've been going through a tough time. It happened before I moved to Nashville. I had a dream like that. And then last year I had this dream where it was I was coming right down to the end of this whole depressive phase of of being sick and everything like that yeah. and I was going through this land that was being ravaged by a, a wildfire mm. 
And I don't know how other people's dream worlds look, but it's like my dream world is very surrealistic. It's like something something is off. It's, oh, yeah. it's like, like not quite reality, mm-hmm. but in the moment you believe it's reality. Oh, for sure. And in the end of the dream, I finally, I got to, it was, I was on this highway and I survived this fire and I got rescued um, and I was told that I was going to be okay. And we went up a couple exits. It started looking better. Like it, things were already recovering from the fire. And I got off on this one exit and there was this tree that it was just like springtime, like it is today where... Uh, it's starting to bud a little bit. There's there's no real leaves on it, and there was a bird on it, and it flew away. And then I went up another exit, and I got to this beach, and it looked so serene and so perfect, almost cartoon like. Um, and I looked out on the on the ocean, and the sun was perfect. It was it was like the sun was setting, or it was just coming up. And um, I was about to get on this boat. And then to go on this this voyage out on the ocean, then I came back to land and I was like, no, I just want to appreciate where I am right now. I don't have to keep going. And I got back and I, I, I was like crying in my dream. I woke up and I knew that everything was going to be okay. Like despite wow. all this hardship that I faced, yeah. I th- just this, this feeling, this emotion that this dream left me with, it was like a, a safe harbor during a storm. That's so beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't even do drugs anymore. <laughs> I've never done drugs. So really? Fun fact. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm like. Yeah, I've never done. I'm crazy enough. Yeah, I, I, I smoked a lot of weed. I accidentally smoked cocaine once and I almost oh, died. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Thank you for not dying. Yeah, it was um, right oh, in between shit. New Year's. White Christmas and New Year's of 2019. Oh my God! Um, what a and, pivotal time in the world. Yeah, exactly. It was Ooh. it was a, a foreshadowing of Ooh. of the the times to come. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I almost fucking died. It was a horrible experience, totally on accident. I wouldn't have voluntarily done cocaine. Yeah. Um, without knowing, it was just the weed I had was laced. Um. And that was kind of another wake up moment, which we're like, "Fuck, I haven't, I haven't really smoked weed since then. I've smoked maybe like two or three times." Wow. Yeah, I can be kind of uptight and prissy sometimes, though. I, it would honestly be good for me to do it every now and then, but it freaks I'm, me out. I'm all for legalizing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like more people need to smoke weed than they do than they need to drink. Yeah. Like how, where, how did we live in this this weird like matrix universe where drinking is like. It's fine, but like smoking weed isn't. Well, it's fun. You know, I think it's all fun. I think people like it because it, it's fun, but like with everything, everyone reacts so differently. Everybody reacts a different way. And yeah. you have to, you know, the difference between poison and medicine is dosage. Yeah. And also, like, you know, just like prescription drugs, what's good for me is not good for you. You know, it's, it's with everything. It's life. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are your favorite horror movies? Okay, well, I love the um the oh my god, now now I'm blanking out on the freaking So the ones about what what is the thing called with the lady and the man and she's like The Conjuring? Medium, the Conjuring sagas. Yeah. I love those. Yeah. Also because they're period pieces. 
love that because yeah. I'm like, yes, I want to like see the 70s world. Yeah. You know, I love that. And also that it's based like on a true story. Um, obviously, extreme liberties were taken, but I love when they're like based on a true story. And I also love that they're like Catholic and sweet. It's very like, it's just like nice for me. Um, so, um, those are really cool because I love like all the effects and stuff and just the endings are always really nice. Um, so I love those. I, um, what else do I love? I mean, I, I I love all of them, but those are like my go-to horror films. I guess Jaws is technically a horror film that I love and like, uh, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind is technically in the horror genre. I don't know why, because there's only little parts of it, but I love sci-fi shit like yeah. that. Yeah, horror and sci-fi crossover. Horror and sci-fi There's, there's an overlap. Yeah, because they lumped up Jurassic Park as a horror film, which that's my favorite movie. And I'm like, I would never say that that's a horror film just because dinosaurs are scary. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's ridiculous. But Jurassic Park is my, like, that's my, that's my shit. That's like my favorite of all time. Um, but yeah, I just love scary movies. Like if you put it on, I will watch it. Are you a Stephen King fan? I love Stephen King. What's your favorite Stephen King? Um, I love watching The Shining because it's so, um, comfortable. Like it's just a cozy movie. (laughs) I don't think many people would explain it as that, but yes, keep going. It's cozy. I love the cold weather in it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I love The Shining, and I, I also love um, Pet Cemetery. I just recently read Pet Cemetery for yeah. the first time as well. Chilling, so good. Yeah, but people, I feel like people always like make it out to seem like it's so much scarier than it actually is. It's just wonderful writing. I don't so good with this imagery. Yeah, some of it's very gross, but it's like nothing that we don't see on. TV like every day. Have you ever seen the uh, the 2004 version of Salem's Lot with Rob Lowe? No. It was a TNT like two night. You know how back in the back in the day <laughs> they they would break up like miniseries. They would do like a special movie event where it's like part one and part loved two. It. Yeah, um, I loved those days. So uh, th- it's one of those. But Salem's Lot is all about uh, vampires. Okay. But it's my favorite thing that's vampire. It's my favorite thing that's Stephen King. But Love watch that. that. It's it's made for TV movie starring okay. Rob Lowe. And there's a couple other big like actors in it. Um I couldn't name any of them, but you would recognize them if you saw them. They're like huge actors. But it's uh it's really good. Really fucking good. Um that's awesome. Yeah, Stephen King's amazing. Uh love it, of course. Oh, I how did I not say that? It. I'm obsessed with Bill, the actor. He's fantastic. I like was definitely one of those people that were very obsessed with him as the clown. It was very confusing. Yeah. It was very conflicted in my feelings um for him in that. Um also he was so good in Castle Rock. Have you seen that show? It's oh, all about Oh, you know what? I watched maybe the first season of that it's i love it that's yeah. I, I love it uh he's wonderful um and you get to see his butt which is cool. i'm definitely watching now yeah so now you know it's there he was it in exists. john wick four 
Was he? Yeah. I've never seen a John Wick. Uh, uh, the John Wick movies are good. Okay. My whole thing with John Wick 4, I saw it in the theater because it just came out. Uh-huh. It's fucking three hours long. I really can't fuck Jeez. with three hour movies anymore. Yeah, I I fall asleep really easily unless I'm hooked. I, I fall asleep actually easiest in action movies for some reason. Uh, but yeah, three hours is a lot for whatever. What is John Wick even about? Uh, He's just basically, he, it's like him against the world pretty much. Where uh, he used to be a hitman. This is the oh plot of the God. first movie. Someone comes and kills his dog so he kills everybody that basically is related to the killing of the dog. It's great. I wow. recommend it. 10 out of 10. Watch. The first John Wick's great. The other ones are good, too. But yeah, Bill Skarsgård, he was in John John Wick 4 um, as the villain. He was okay. Such a good villain. Oh, man. He was just okay. He played like this French guy. I didn't really buy him in that role. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Um, he was kind of like a little twerp. I think that that was yeah. the whole point of the character, though. He has yeah. other people do his bidding. But oh, he's a great fucking actor. Um, he is. They're making a show on HBO Max that's a uh, that's set in Deary. It's called Welcome to Deary. And they haven't announced that he's coming back yet as Pennywise, but I don't think it's worth doing if you can't bring him back. Yeah, I would have to say that would be a big fail yeah. uh, for me. Like, I'm open to see what they do. For sure. You know, but he, like, is Pennywise to me now. Yeah. Like, love Tim Curry and the original ones. He's but, great, like, too. It's just so different. Like, when I watch those, you know, I remember being scared as a kid, but now I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay. I like, was so terrified as a kid. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Like, the 90s was a whole other thing. I loved the Twilight Zone movies. Okay. Uh, and yeah. then, like, the Langoliers terrified me. Um, there's this one where, like, the cat is supposedly, they think the cat's sucking out the kid's soul, but it's not. It's, like, the little goblin thing with a bell. <laughs> I'll have to watch it. I don't <laughs> remember it. I think I've seen it. You just Twilight Zone movie. It's pretty wild. Uh, yeah. I um, m- What terrified me most in the, as a kid was two things. It was the Leprechaun movies. Ooh, I terrifying. was so afraid when I was a little kid. And then yes. the Puppet Master movies. Did you ever <gasps> see Puppet Master? Oh, I was going to say Puppet Master. Yeah. Yes, those terrified me. Yeah. Yeah. It was me and my mom used to watch them together. It was really great. But yeah, yeah you know, are those the first movies that put like fear in you? Yeah, definitely Puppet Master, I would say first. Mm. Um, and then every St. Patrick's Day around that time of year, I was so terrified of the leprechaun. I was so scared. I was afraid he was going to come and get me. Bless your heart. You know what I thought was going to come and get me? What? The, so the movie that put the fear of fear in me. Like I didn't, you know, it's like when you're a kid, you're really not afraid of anything yet. Yeah. You don't know you what don't is know out anything. there. You yeah. have no knowledge of fear yet. Well, for me, it was freaking gremlins gremlins is one of my favorite movies now as an adult but as a kid i was horrifically horrified what, what about it terrified you i just thought like little green scaly ugly creatures were gonna come and like cut me in my sleep or like you dressed up me. as one it's like yes for Halloween, I, yes right? i was I, a gremlin this. yeah because uh, they're amazing like now i see it as like super comedic i even have a christmas ornament that's a gremlin yeah. it's one of the the carolers yeah um 
they're so cute. And Gizmo's cute. Uh, Gizmo's adorable. He's the well, first baby Yoda. Yeah, absolutely. He's adorable. I love him. And, but I like, I prefer the gremlins better. I just think they're so much fun and they're hilarious and they're... I love Gremlins too, as well. That's when they're in the in New York City, right? In that yeah. giant high rise building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen that, but it's I, hilarious. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I um, it's pop culture, just haven. Yeah, the eighties. It's it's a classic, definitely. Have you seen the Key and Peele sketch about about Gremlins? <laughs> about Gremlins too? No, is it good? Oh, you gotta watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it. It's hilarious. It's I about them like coming up with the idea for. They're like, I heard y'all about to drop a deuce on Gremlins. <laughs> Second. And he essentially just leads them all through like a brainstorm of the characters. I love it. Not only is it in the movie, but it's in the movie. Like for every character. And then and then afterwards it's like all of those characters are actually in the movie. Yeah. It's hilarious. He is a genius. Oh yeah. Also, some of my favorite horror films are absolutely Jordan Peele's movies. Yeah. I love Us. Um, I watch that one sometimes just for fun. I haven't seen that one. Oh, you gotta see yeah. it. Yeah. It's so good. And I obviously, I love Get Out. Um, I wasn't as big of a fan of his newest one, uh, Nope. Yeah. Cause it just like it it was like sci-fi in a way that wasn't like surprising anymore. Like once he found out stuff. Yeah, I, I know I know what happens in the movie. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but um, it was really good. But I like it scarier. I also love M Night Shyamalan movies. Yes. I mean, he it's like my favorite. I okay. love the blending of the way he makes the world around us just mystical and magical. Like, so true horror that I felt is that scene where Joaquin Phoenix is sitting in the closet yes. and signs. And the alien is like, and they freeze across, it. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. Saw that in the theater. Terrifying. And every time they go and walk in the corner with like the flashlight, yeah. I'm like, no, why are you doing that? That's my favorite M. Night movie for yes. sure, Signs. I watch Signs all the time. You can ask my husband. It's like annoying how often I watch Signs and Twister. I just like movies with like storms and yeah. stuff in it. Love Twister. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, for coming on today. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. You're fantastic. <laughs> You're great. Um, go see Tennessee Muscle Candy uh, April 28th at the East Room. Yeah. Doors at 7, show at 8. Hell yeah. Okay. And how can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram, TennesseeMuscleCandy.com. And apparently, we have one song on Spotify, uh, which was just brought to my attention today that the other song is not there anymore. So, um, fun stuff. Yeah. But you can you know, find us on YouTubes and stuff. But go to my Instagram, Tennessee IG. Muscle Candy. It's where it's at. IG, baby. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. Of course. This was so much fun. Keep on dreaming. I'll see you next week.